Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. And so here's, here's what I, the other thing I felt like I needed to do is we're just gonna go after healing. You, you devil, you wanna try to put cancer on my family's life? Well, we're gonna come against cancer. So I don't care what your diagnosis is. If you need a miracle healing today, I want you to raise your hand. And we as a church are gonna believe what we just sang. Every hand that needs a miracle physically, I wanna pray over you right now. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we come into agreement that your word says by your stripes, we are healed. We declare that no single weapon can prosper against your sons and daughters. We declare supernatural physical miracles be released right now in the name of Jesus. We come against cancer and we break it in Jesus' name. We come against every disease that would try to against you and we break it. Every body in this house is experiencing life and life only, God. The heaven is open and we declare the touch in the name of Jesus is flowing supernaturally. Open heaven, God. We declare Started, started high. I think we can go maybe another level. Worship team, thank you so much. I'll have you back up shortly. You guys are incredible. You guys can be seated. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, the, the amount of noise and discouragement I was facing before coming here tonight. The enemy's like, you're not good enough. You did this, you did that. You got nothing to give, you're unworthy. And so what I know is when he says that, that's what I go after. And I've just learned in this church from our pastors that when the enemy starts chirping off, you just go back at him. Because he actually has no authority. He's got a voice, he just doesn't have any authority. The Bible says he roams like a lion, but he is not a lion. And what, what I came here tonight to do is not do church. It is to not just put on a performance to try to entertain you for 34 minutes, but to try to create an environment where you would experience the goodness of God. And I, I believe if there are two or more gathered, which we have, then he's here. And if he's here, then anything is possible. We're not, we're not gonna do a little sermonette. I do have some points. We might get to them. But you don't need points to experience God. You know, you, you actually don't even need to be full of faith for him to heal you. I'm reminded of the story where, where friends brought a man through a roof, and they said, by their faith, you're healed. I mean, that's how radical our God is. It's, it's not like you got to believe more for him to move. 
I mean, a shadow healed somebody. And we're here wondering if God moves. I mean, not here. Like, you, clearly, you came on a Wednesday night. Like, you're here for something. But, you know, I, I mentioned it. We got this report, Rachel's mom, that we're standing against. And we're like, no, cancel that. Like, I respect you, doctor, but you don't have the final report. And, and what, it, what it brought out in me first, honestly, was fear was discouragement, was disappointment, because that's not how we were supposed to start off 2020 free. It was, was with a negative report. And what, what I've heard just through men's prayer and pastoral care and what we've been doing is, is there are other people that started the year off not the way they thought it was gonna be. And so I felt like, well, what we gotta do as a church is come against that. Not, not just me, not just Mike Finn, and Rachel, but every person that has a negative report and say, no, we refuse to believe that report. And we refuse to quit on the 25th of what's gonna happen in this year. And really quickly, I didn't see Cabo on the list of tuning in live, but I wanna honor our pastors. They're, they're on holiday right now, and they are, honestly, they're like the greatest people on the planet. Pastor Matt and Michaela, and Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, are the most brave and courageous and faithful and loving people. So if you're watching, I love you. Thank you for what you've built. We honor you, we praise you. What you've done here is significant. I was talking to my Uber driver on the way home from the airport and he's like, wait, how many guys do you have at men's prayer? I was like, yeah, you know, 300. And he's like, wait, across all campuses. I was like, no, no, that's this campus. And he was like, well, how many campuses do you have? And I was like, well, we got like seven buildings here and one in Salt Lake. And he's like, what is happening at your church? And I was like, that's what church should be. You shouldn't have this little thermometer in a yard that's like half full of fundraising for 30 years and like maybe put a building up. Like people wanna hate on us for being a prosperity church, but tell me how you're gonna prosper without prospering. Do the math on that. Somebody explain that to me. It doesn't, it doesn't add up. This is not even in my message. I don't know where we're going with that. So honestly, so what Rachel and I had the decision of this week was to keep believing for a dream or to quit on it. And what Karen, Rachel's mom, has a decision on is to trust God again or to agree with a report. And so the title of my message tonight is Go Again. Go Again. So we're going to start in Luke 5. It says, Jesus sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished, he said to Peter, now row out into the deep and cast your nets, and you'll have a great catch. Just remember, that's his promise. Master, Peter replies, we've just come back from fishing all night and did not catch a thing. Anyone ever been there before? Like, you, you did everything you thought you could all night long and didn't have anything to show for it? Like, and I would get it if these guys didn't know what they were doing. Like, if they had chartered a little fishing boat from a professional and, like, you know, maybe spent too long out there and caught nothing, like, if you weren't good at it. But if your profession is to be a fisherman, and you caught nothing, that's a bad night. 
Your whole income, your whole family, your whole life depends on your ability to catch fish and you caught nothing. And I don't know if that resonates with where you're at, but for me, if I'm believing for something that I'm really good at, it becomes really discouraging when it doesn't come through. Something that I'm educated in, that I've put in thousands of hours in, that I've, that I've learned and studied and practiced, but for that to not produce fruit, it starts to open up a door where the enemy goes, ah, yeah, it's because you're not good enough. Oh, it's because you're not qualified, you're not called, you don't have any favor on your life. And so I can imagine myself in a position like that. But what's amazing is that is not Peter's response. He says, but if you insist, we'll go again. Everybody say, go again. And we'll let down our nets because of your word. And that's what I feel like the word of the Lord is for us today. Go again at his word. If he said it, it doesn't matter what anyone else has said. If he said it, he's gonna do it. What, what, I, what I like to do with stories in the Bible is, is kind of put myself in them. Because then it, it makes it a little more real. Otherwise, everything feels like a velvet thing you put up in kids' church. It's like David and Goliath. Or, and, you know, it kind of takes the power of the story away. So I like to think, if I'm a fisherman, and I've done everything I could, and a carpenter starts yelling at me about how to fish, how am I going to respond? Like, these guys hadn't really, they don't really know Jesus. Like, Peter's mother-in-law's headache was healed by him, but that doesn't qualify you to give fishing advice. I mean, to me, I would be like, bro, you don't know me. What are you talking about? Like, I fish here my whole life. Clearly, if I thought there was a place where I could have caught fish, I would have already done it. And I, and I wonder, as, as you start to look at the year and you try again, and you go again in a thing that you're supposed to be great at, and you've tried super hard in, a marriage, a business, whatever, and then you come back, and it's like, wait a second, did Jesus say that or not? That was what they were questioned with, is, is to confront the circumstance, the results, against God's word. But they decided, at his word, they would go again. And that's what I feel like for us, despite disappointment, tiredness, frustration, resistance, will you go again? And here's what's amazing is, is they didn't hear the word of a carpenter. They heard the word of the Lord. They heard Jesus speaking. And that's very significant because what I have to remind myself of when we get a word, a prophetic word, when, when, I, when I align myself to what God said, that I don't take it back down to the level of a carpenter. That, that I, don't, I don't take the prophecy, I don't take the promise, I don't take the vision and go, well, okay, maybe he didn't know what he was talking about. He does know what he's talking about. He's more than a carpenter. He is the risen king. The other thing that's fascinating to me is there was no precedent for this. Jesus had not multiplied fish before. But yet their faith was to trust the word of the Lord. I mean, it'd be one thing if it was like, oh, this is the guy that multiplies fish. If you do what he says, we're gonna have more than enough. But oftentimes, what we have to trust God to do is do something we've never seen before. Because you, you can have, like we go to men's prayer, we can hear a God story and go, well, hold on, I did exactly what he did and we don't have the house yet. Or we did all the things 
to get our miracle baby. We even went to the workshop and it's not here. But God is not a copy and paste miracle God. And he can do anything at any point at any time. What, what he's challenging them to do is will you trust circumstance or me? Will you trust the results or will you trust me? Effectively, what he's saying is this time do it, but do it with me. You tried to fish all night without me, but if you go at my word, I will move. You know, Luke 137 says, the word of God will never fail. It will never fail. Not nine out of 10 times for the person in the back, they're gonna get left out. No, it will never fail. And that's the confidence that you need to have when you come to church. It's God, it doesn't make sense. I've literally been every corner of this sea. I've tried every strategy, every place. But even when I'm tired, and even when I feel unqualified, and even when I feel disappointed, and even when I feel let down, and even though I've tried and tried and tried and tried, at your word, I'll go again. So that's point number one. Guess what point number two is? Go again. There's a theme here. This is in 2 Kings. This is a fascinating story to me. Elijah says, get a bow and some arrows. And so he did. He said, take the bow in your hands, he said to the king of Israel. And when he had taken it, Elijah put his hands on the king's hands. He said, open the east window. So he opened it. He said, shoot. And he shot. The Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Aram, Elijah declared, you will completely destroy the Armenians. Then he said, take the arrows. And the king took them. And Elijah said, strike the ground. And he struck it three times and stopped. There's, there's gonna be a temptation when you're discouraged, when you're frustrated, to stop. But the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck the ground five or six times. Then you would have defeated Aram and completely destroyed it. He's saying, why didn't you go again? I showed you that every time you do it, you have victory. And this king knew how many armies he had to defeat. It wasn't a guessing game. He knew that if he hit the ground enough times, he'd have total victory. And I'm not here to shame that king. I've literally stopped after three times. I've said, you know what? I'm sleeping in at men's prayer then. You don't, you don't, you don't listen at 5.30, God. No, I don't. Rachel kicks me out of bed if I do that. But there are things that we've written on our vision cards. There's things we've believed for that didn't happen the first year we wrote it down. So can I write it down nine times and still believe it? God's saying, go again. You should have written it down nine times. You should have believed nine times. You should have gone nine times. And if you would have gone, you would have had total victory. So why would you not go again? I think that's a real question. For me personally, it was fear. It, fear that it would happen again. That, that I would be disappointed again. So it's, it's, if you get laid off, you don't really necessarily wanna have that happen again. So you can start to shrink back and go, well, maybe I'm just, I could just go be something less than my dream. Like I tried my dream, I started a business, we got the funding, we launched the product, but it didn't happen. 
Okay, well, I can do that three times. The, the fear of failure will stop us. But if you quit, you will have no victory. That's literally what he shows us. He says you would have had complete victory if you didn't quit. Isaiah and the Bible constantly says, do not fear. It says, I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. I mean, that's a promise. That's a word to hang on to. That's a heck of a lot better than a doctor's report or a layoff or a handout from the government. You gotta believe that there's a God who's supporting you with his victorious hand, amen? Another thing that I've found that stopped me many times in the past was shame. The Bible, the Bible says that Jesus became our shame, but I had to really honestly learn how to undo the shame. Because what the enemy will say is, you deserve this. They got it because they deserve it, and you don't get it because you don't deserve it. And he'd whisper things that I've done or things that I, and he's like, no, it's, it's, a, it's almost like watching your life in replay. Like he torments you. Like, remember that? That's why you didn't get this. But he does not know the heart of God. Because the most beautiful thing about Jesus is we get what we don't deserve. I mean, it's literally the gospel. So you're gonna tell me that he died on a cross in exchange for my sin, but I still need to have shame around that thing? No, not even close. I'm washed clean in his blood. I'm made new in him. I'm not just like a slightly better version of what I was before. I am a new creation in Christ. So I literally cannot identify with the person that that shame was part of because he died to make me a new one. So fear and shame can't stop you from going again if you can get close enough to God. Again, I, I mean, it sounds like conviction, and maybe it is, but I love that he's saying if you went again, you would have had total victory. Despite the heartbreak, the pain, the miscarriages, the, the family member that passed, the person, the addiction, whatever you had, would you keep going? Proverbs says, this is 24, 16, though the righteous fall seven times. So what, what, what I love about that, sometimes we just, we just glance over scriptures. It's literally saying it's okay for the church to fall. Not, not big C church, but for you, for the righteous person, for a believer to fail. And sometimes the enemy will be like, okay, Mike, you already, you fell again. But I have to anchor myself in what the word says over what he whispers. He says, although the righteous fall seven times, they rise again. So I get back up. That's, that's the only option I have. Because if I lay there, if I settle there, if I quit there, everything else dies. And I refuse to let that happen. In Psalms 23, 4, it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley. Again, Something we can probably quote, but do you realize what he's saying? You can be through dark things. You can experience pain and discouragement and disappointment and death and loss and all of those things, but he says, walk through it. He says, don't camp in the valley. Don't make your home there. Don't quit in the valley. He says, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. 
You know, Chris Valentin, I love, he's a great preacher from Bethel. He says, our personal victories will become our family's coverings. And that's why the enemy tries to get you to quit. He tries to get you to quit because he knows if you stop, then he has your family But if you win, that's your covering for your family. And that's why I will not give up. That's why I wake up every morning because I'm fighting for generations. I'm fighting for my children's children. I'm fighting for San Diego. I'm fighting for Carlsbad. I'm fighting for the United States of America. I refuse to believe that everything is getting worse. So that's point number two. Guess what point number three is? Go again. I swear, I wasn't lazy. It just, it makes sense. And, and honestly, like, there's nothing wrong with three-point messages, but what, what I believe is that sometimes you just need one word from God for everything to change. And, and we're in a world where it's incredible. You can get podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast. And God's like, you want to just choose one of those and hang on to it for like a minute? Like, like, he didn't come back to the woman at the well and preach to her every Wednesday and Sunday. She got one word, and it changed the rest of her life. And I'm not saying don't listen to podcasts or don't come to church. I'm just saying hang on to what he said to you. So here we are. We're back in a boat. This is John 21. After Jesus appeared again, everybody say again to his disciples in the Sea of Galilee. Simon Peter says, I'm gonna go out and fish, he told them. And the disciples, his friends say, we'll go with you. So they went out, got in the boat, and guess what? They caught nothing. To me, it's pretty fascinating that whatever, three years later, these guys are basically in the same position. They're back in a boat without Jesus having caught nothing. The parallels in this story to me are really powerful because what, what I felt like is if you came to Jesus once, he might fix something. But if you screw it up again, he's not coming back. And honestly, if you, if you think about it, if you think about the position Jesus was in, like these guys had betrayed him. They had denied him. They had left him. And yet he still came back to him. I mean, that's such beautiful grace. He literally restored something he had already restored. He provided for someone, a group of people he had already provided for. And that's not the Jesus that I was told about. Someone who will continually offer grace, favor, forgiveness, always coming back to him. And he gave them the same option. I mean, to me, that is fascinating. So early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but his disciples did not realize it was Jesus. There's a lot in that. I mean, how many times do we think Jesus isn't with us and he is? How, how many times are we like, no, no, that's not Jesus. That's, I don't know what that is. And he's like, he's on the shore <laughs> waiting for you to ask him for help. He calls out to them, And he says, friends, haven't you any fish? To me, Jesus is sarcastic. I don't know. That might not be biblical, but I think he's he's taunting them. Like he knows the answer. He's like, fishing without me again? How's that working for you? 
No, not good? Surprise. I told you. I mean, what they answer is remarkable. They say, no. Which is honest. (laughs) But how many times do people in church say that the answer is yes? Jesus is asking you, do you need me? And the, the tendency from the enemy is to put on our Sunday best and just pretend like, no, 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 yeah, we're, we're blessed and highly favored. No, no, we're, we're not gonna raise our hand in the book of miracles because, I mean, we had it up last week and the week before, and so let's just, let's just keep our hands down because, but he's saying, be honest with me. Do you have anything right now? And it is okay to say no to him. In fact, if they had lied, I don't think this miracle would have happened. So he says, throw your nets on the right side of the boat and you will find some. I like that it says some. Like he literally knows he's gonna give them more than they can even handle and he calls it some. It's like prosperity, I don't know. You got a problem with it? Jesus is giving you more fish than you can even handle. And he's calling it some. So that's, that's how he sees it. He says, when they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Again, it's, to me, it's beautiful that you get to see the grace of Jesus and his desire to create opportunities for us to go again. That he restores everything, even if he's already moved before. I mean, to me, if I was Jesus, I'd be like, let's get another 12. Like, like we, we can probably do half the fish and they'll be faithful. Like, he, he's multiplying fish multiple times for these guys to believe that he's a multiplier. But if I'm being honest, when I get a kick in the stomach like a report like that over Rachel's mom, it's like, okay, well, you start to doubt. You start to have fear. Or if I screw up something, I start to think, man, you are unqualified. You're a fool. You can't even catch fish and you're a fisherman. And you already went to Jesus once, like don't go back to him again. But all of that is shame and it's a lie from the enemy. So... <clears throat> my, my, what I believe is even though it's only 25 days in the year, they, everyone in this room has a choice to go again. Everybody has a choice that despite the heartbreak, the despair, the shame, the pain, the fear, the word that Jesus is saying is this is the year of my favor, but I need you to go again. It, it is a reminder to me that there is something powerful in getting a word from God. Because they didn't, they didn't respond to like boss mode. You know, like what's your word for the year, we like to say. And we throw out these re- weird words like inspire or commitments. What is my word this year? Yeah, it's that bad. <clears throat> I mean, it's good to have a word, like, like do all that stuff. But get a word from God. Like, get a word, discipline. It's discipline, yeah. I had a bunch of chips when I was in Salt Lake, so I was so undisciplined. I literally, this is just being real. I wrote on my refrigerator and signed it, I will not eat chips for 30 days. And it's 10 days in, and I've already eaten chips. Go again, come on. 
Wow. Thank you. That's all I've got. Have a good night. No. It's just funny, though, when you put, like, your, your vision in a feeling, how easy it is for you to fail. But when you put it into the Word of God, how powerful it can be. When we were going through miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage, we got a word from God, and we literally prayed it probably a thousand times. It was Psalms 27, 13, and it was, I would have lost hope had I not believed I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And we stood on that unshakable foundation for us. He said, I do not care. We will not lose hope. And I will believe that we will have miracle children because your word says, I will see your goodness here. And that's what I'm gonna encourage you to do is get a word. The Bible says a man who hears his word, not some YouTuber, not some Instagrammer, not some blogger, not some doctor, his word, and puts it into practice is like a man who builds his house on the rock. The rain came, a negative report came, the streams rose, the winds blew against it, beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. Get a rock solid word in your life, not a feeling, a word from God, because then you can go again. They said, at your word, we will go again. At your word, we will go again. Well, what word do you have that you're gonna respond to? What, what I would like to do, and I, I think the whole band can come out if they're already here, is I wanna create a moment for you to respond. And to me, it's kind of, it's kind of an untraditional altar call. we can almost kind of skip over what actually happens. They go again, so Jesus goes again. And I don't mean to make it seem like a transaction, but he said, if you throw your nets, I will provide. And the promise that he gave in the very beginning, if you remember, is there will be a great catch. And that's the promise for you for this year. On the other side of going again is a miraculous catch. On the other side of going again, there is total victory. On the other side of going again, there is healing. On the other side of going again, there is freedom. I want everybody to stand to their feet. There's a story about a woman who had an issue with blood. And what this woman understood was the power of going again. The Bible says for 12 years, things actually got worse and worse. And every person she went to, every time she tried, she actually got more sick and more sick. But she went again. What I love about the story of her is she refused to stay in the crowd. She realized there's a difference between being in a crowd and being close to Jesus. She realized that I will not stay in my seat. I will not stay at a distance. If I could only touch the hem of him who heals, then I would be healed. She learned to go again. And so I'm gonna open up the altar and have our ministry team here. 
And what I wanna do is challenge you to get out of your seats. You cannot get where he wants you to go. You cannot go again by staying where you are. And we did not come here on a Wednesday night to do some comfort thing, to do some thing where we all huddle around and talk about being close to Jesus, but no one touched him. Tonight, I wanna challenge you to encounter Jesus, to come down right now and fill the altar. If you wanna go again for your business, if you wanna go again for your healing, if you wanna go again for your son or your daughter that's gone, if you wanna go again for your freedom, if you wanna go again for anything in your life, I want you to get out of your seat and I want you to encounter Jesus. And we're gonna pray together as a church. Come on, worship team, let's go. Wow. What an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.